And I'm talking to my good friend, Allie Gilbert. Allie G. (laughs) Hello. This is Allie C. (laughs) In the the same way. (laughs) Right? Isn't that so funny? Do people think that you're from the Middle East when you get Uber? Because I get that all the time. Constantly. Or they'll like, they're like, think I'm a dude. And I'm like, uh, nope. They're like, oh, you spell your name wrong. I'm like, no. No, that's actually like the proper English spelling. My mom always told me. (laughs) Nice try, Jude. (laughs) Well, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit because I don't know if if you've had a chance to listen to any of our podcasts or if you've kind of heard any of the topics that we're, we're talking about, but my podcast is about kind of getting free from being miserable. And I feel like one of the symptoms of being miserable most of the time for women can have to do with obviously the way that they feel and the way that they see themselves. And I know for myself, one of the biggest things I've dealt with issues with as I've gotten older is feeling like my body is changing and I don't understand what the fuck is going on. So I wanted to talk to you because you do a lot of research and a lot of work with people on hormones. Mm-hmm. That so I do. So you want to tell a, tell a little bit about what you do? Sure. So I'm not a doctor. I always preface everything with that, but I play one in the gym. Um, <laughs> so, you know, basically when it comes to modern health care, where we're at the point where we have to be advocates of our own health. And not that we can't believe what our doctors say, but we have to respect what they say from their position of dealing with mostly sick care. And, you know, with healthcare being so horrible, our visits are limited to maybe 15 to 20 minutes. So, you know, a doctor, if you get lab results, they'll look at your lab results and kind of go off the lab results and deal with whatever um, issues you're having based on those numbers and not so much what your symptoms are. And taking that as the final answer is no longer acceptable. We have to further dig and, and, you know, kind of say, all right, well, I'm having symptoms of X, but my labs still say I'm quote normal. Um, you know, what else could this be? And sometimes it involves an entire team of a regular doctor a nutritionist, um, or somebody like me, who I guess I'm kind of like a liaison between all of those to kind of direct people, you know, who is the best person to talk to, best path for them when they're dealing with whatever symptoms. And most of the time it's, you know, digestive issues or hormone issues and stuff like that. And people don't really know who to talk to about that stuff. And we really have to be our own advocate. Using out there all the I try to condense it and simplify it for people as best I can. Definitely. I think one of the things that, you know, you said that a lot of times people don't know where to go or what, what to do. And I think even more than that, sometimes they're afraid to, I know like most of my girlfriends, they, I've I've talked to, to friends about it for years and so many times, like after having kids and going through all the process of just like, day-to-day life and being stressed out and gaining weight and losing weight and gaining weight they've told me you know that like their sex drive is gone Mm -hmm. and women don't women don't want to talk about it because they think there's something wrong with them and they're tired and they're worn out whatever they don't want to admit that like they don't feel like having sex because they think that that's a that's their problem like they just can't get their head in the game right i think there's so much more to it 
Big time. Um, you know, a lot of it actually stems from um, the use of birth control and birth control pills. And that's like a huge topic that, you know, I'll give advice on, but I always, you know, do a lot of their own research so that it's not just, you know, my opinion, but having done a lot of that research, you know, birth control is really given to a lot of women who are dealing with heavy periods or cramps or irregular periods. And it's kind of like a band-aid um, for her, her hormonal health, where having, you know, horrible periods and cramping and all that stuff is a sign that your body is out of whack in the first place. And what it actually does is suppresses our natural hormone production. It doesn't allow us to ovulate. And if we don't ovulate, we don't produce progesterone, which is needed to balance the estrogen that we're producing. And that's why there's a lot of infertility issues, you know, which is an issue with men as well. But, um, you know, specifically with women who are on the pill have trouble getting pregnant and are dealing with a lot of hormonal issues later in life. And they actually have a birth control pill for men, which is probably the worst thing a guy could go on. Uh, But that's another conversation. But, you know, that's where a lot of those feelings come from. And, you know, sex drive is driven by having healthy testosterone levels and healthy estrogen and progesterone levels. So everything's balanced. And so many factors go into that hormonal health, nutrition and sleep and stuff like that. And, you know, not the sexiest thing to talk about, but sleep would probably with that. Making sure you're not, you're not tired and crazy. Yes. Which is like, (laughs) okay. Yeah, sure. Allie. Yeah. Okay. You don't live my life. I get no sleep and it's just, okay. I mean, you know, anything that we can do, like I had a consult with a guy the other day. He's like, you know, I sleep four to five hours a night. You know, he's trying to lose weight for a military test and I said, getting into the gym for five days straight when you haven't gotten into the gym at all is not the way to go. I would go first, then hit the gym maybe two or three days a week. Trust me, it'll work out better for you. And I understand that the perception is like, okay, I'm paying this girl to tell me to go to sleep, but it really is that simple sometimes. I know it is for me, especially when I'm like, when I am tired, I am nuts. <laughs> it doesn't oh, yeah. I don't make any sense. No, it's totally, <laughs> I don't make any And that has a lot to do with hormonal health anyway. I mean, you know, if we don't sleep, it totally messes with our hor- hormones. Well, so, okay, I'm 33 years old. I've had probably in the last five to six years, some of the biggest changes in my body. And I've noticed one, my sex drive went way up when I hit like 27 years old, Mm -hmm. kind of mellowed out when I was like, you know, to where it's a lot more than when I was younger, but like right in that peak of like 27, 28, I thought I was going to lose my mind, sort of mellowed out. And then what I started noticing was just bigger body changes, like storing fat in places that I never have seen fat before, like behind um, my shoulders, like, uh, like my back, but where like my, my bra strap sits, like, there's fat on my back that I've never seen before. And it's like started to appear and all my girlfriends are like in the same boat. We're like, what happened to behind my arms? Why am I storing fat behind my arms? Why am I storing fat on my bra line? Like I work out so much. What am I doing wrong? How do I what are some things that are causing these weird fat pockets for women? 
totally understand that. Um, so as we get older, like I'm now, I'll be 37 in a month and I still feel like a kid. We still feel like, you know, oh, we should be looking like we did when we we're in our 20s. And then things like start appearing on your face and, and you know, fat is like very resistant to leave. And so, you know, obviously our metabolism slows down a little bit as we get older, but also, you know, our hormones kind of take a little bit of a dive because, you know, are from a fertile standpoint, you know, we're still in an evolutionary era where our body is like, okay, we're going to slow down around, you know, 35. And um, so hormones fluctuate and they change and they change throughout the entire month, obviously, because of our menstrual cycle. But it starts appearing in different places because we start to lose muscle mass at a little bit of a higher rate as soon as we turn 30. So, you know, the, the biggest thing that we can do is encourage women to keep strength training, to keep lifting, to keep their protein levels high, because that will help um, fight muscle loss. And the older we get, the more protein that we need, specifically even women in their you know, elder years in their 60s and 70s need more protein as well. Okay, so okay, for instance, I went, this is like a quick little story, because I wanted to talk to um, sort of like a nutrition, a nutritionist, he worked for a hormone doctor that I was seeing. And I had a quick conversation with him, he didn't even do a blood test on me, but he just told me, I said, you know, I'm really trying to get rid of some body fat. And I wanted to know like what your idea was of some of the things that I could do to reduce body fat and kind of like clean up my diet. He gave me a great diet plan. It was like a really clean eating plan. But then he said he suggested that I start doing taking a little bit of testosterone to kind of like boost um, both recovery time in between and then just help with fat loss. So I started doing just like a little bit of testosterone injections because Nick has testosterone. So I started taking these in injections and Nick told me from the get go, he was like, I don't think you need this. He goes, I I'm a little concerned. He's like, cause you already have like a really healthy sex drive. He's like, I, I feel like this might not be for you. So I went ahead and started doing it. And I'm probably within three weeks, I noticed like, like severe changes and it blew my mind. I like thought <laughs> I was going to, I thought I was going to lose my mind. Like I never wanted to have sex so bad in my life. I was literally like five times a day, like losing my shit. And I'm like, I started feeling really bad. I'm like, if this is what men deal with, it's like, I feel guilty for every time I ever like got mad at a dude for like checking out another girl in front of me or like anything. Cause I'm like, literally all I could think about was sex, like 24 seven. And I'm like, I was just like, everything was so sensitive. Like everything in my entire body was like super, super sensitive. And like, I couldn't even like take a shower without like, Oh my God, like, I feel like I'm losing my shit right now. And then within about a month and a half, like my clit was like the size of like <laughs> a small penis. I was like, holy shit, my clit was huge. My yep. voice, my my voice dropped. And then I started getting like a bunch of body hair and like, you know, like a beard. And I'm yep, like, <laughs> yep. as soon as my voice dropped though, I think that was what scared me the most. Cause like I woke up one morning and my voice was like really deep. And I, <laughs> 
<laughs> Nick was like, oh my God, this is like, this is not going to work. And I actually ended up putting on weight. I probably put on 15 pounds. Yeah. So you hear when women hear someone say, oh, testosterone, they get like that picture in their head. And I yep. didn't. I was like, yeah, let's bring it on. I lift weights. Like, I'll take it. Like, let's go for it. But I did. I like instantly like got testosterone. And I was like, what I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing. So explain the difference between like a healthy testosterone level for a female and then like me doing injections. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been in your place. Um, you know, I had a doctor put me on those, I want to say maybe four or five years ago and all the same stuff happened to me. And I was like, God, you know, this is what men feel like walking around. Like you literally, you can't like touch anything. God forbid you go hump like a street pole. You know, it, it, like it gets that bad. It is just like, holy cow. Like you get it. Um, yeah. Yes. Those side effects are, are not wanted. And that happens with injections because it's very hard to do injections at a very small dose um, because of the oil, because it's so hard to pull out. And now, you know, you can do it with insulin syringes and at micro doses, which they actually do a lot of more in like Europe and other countries for females because it's more of a, an accepted healthcare approach over there. Um, but there's other ways to give testosterone for women in creams and troches and, and, and stuff like that. And troches are like lozenges and everything without those crazy side effects. And a lot of the weight gain comes from water weight. Cause the same thing happens to men and men freak out when they go on TRT. They're like, Oh my God, I gained 20 pounds. And it's like, it's all water, you know, because if your testosterone goes up, estrogen goes up as well. And that's where a lot of the water retention comes from. So, um, yes, that's the picture that most women have, but I don't know if you did labs while on this, but when I did labs, my testosterone went up to like 500. So that's, that's what we want optimal in a man. Um, oh, wow. necessarily in a woman. Yeah. So for women, you know, normal range is like between 20 and 50, which is way lower than, you know, where we were. Um, wow. So, but with us, you know, the water weight is more of our body saying like, yo, what's going on? Cause estrogen will be suppressed in women. And you don't want to suppress your estrogen. And, and same with men. They don't want to suppress their estrogen levels, um, as scary as it can be. So it's more about being balanced. And, um, you know, that's where a lot of diet and lifestyle come into play. Because the more estrogen somebody has, or sorry, the more body fat somebody has, the more estrogen they're going to have. And you've heard the term estrogen dominance and stuff like that. And that happens when we don't have um, appropriate progesterone levels to balance it out and we can balance that out and, you know, get better testosterone levels through things like weight training and, you know, a lower sugar diet and living that lifestyle, uh, less alcohol because that kind of diminishes our hormones. And, you know, women have it a little bit harder because we're way more stress reactive than men, whereas men are kind of on like you know, the same cycle all year, just horny and grumpy. And then women are happy, grumpy, happy, grumpy, you know, throughout the months and stuff. So it's kind of like a long winded answer. But um, if your doctor suggests testosterone replacement, specifically, even if you're in menopause, um, 
you won't necessarily uh, experience the side effects that you and I did. So the, the injections that I were on was uh, 25 milligrams, which is re- pretty high. And I think I was doing 20. Yeah. When I, and I honestly, the thing was the, the, the hard part about it for me was like, I did feel amazing in the gym. Like I felt amazing working out. I felt strong. I recovered quickly and I was able to just like, like, like blow past people. Like I had gotten to where at the gym, I felt amazing, but in other, in other areas, it was just like, it wasn't right. So I kind of knew like, okay, I don't know how much longer, like, and then I read an article that said like your click could stay huge and your voice could stay deep. And I was like, (laughs) I don't think I can handle this. Oh, I know. Um, That's like, you know, okay, you know, it's nice and big, but it's really just the blood flow to it. Because like the the clitoris is like the equivalent of a penis, um, you know, in utero, obviously, it grows bigger in men and all that stuff. But, you know, women, like, that would be the female equivalent of like morning wood. Because when that engorges, you know, the lubrication in the vagina also, you know, gets more uh I don't want to say moist but wet because I hate the word moist but we got wet <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, that was such a mess it was so it was yeah <laughs> we nicknamed that mor- morning dew <laughs> oh that's not bad that's better yeah that's I like that better too um so okay so just for people who are listening especially women obviously because we're talking to women pretty much right now what are some symptoms that they can maybe look for within themselves that are throwing them out of whack. Because I, I, the thing that scares me and the thing that sucks to me, is because I know like some of my girlfriends, they'll get on antidepressants and all this stuff thinking that it'll help them with their mood changes, but then they never want to have sex. And then their marriage is struggling because like it affects so many areas when your hormones are out of whack. Like you're not just like, Oh, I don't feel great. Or, Oh, I'm gaining weight or, Oh, I'm a little bit like, you know, bitchy. It's like, no, it's affecting your marriage and your relationships and your relationship with your kids and, you know, your day to day life and your perspective on who you are. Mm-hmm. And so I want people to think past the like, oh, like I'm trying to get muscle and all that. because That's great. And talk about just like, what are some symptoms that maybe if they're if this is something that they're dealing with having hormonal imbalances some symptoms of that that you know of so the the best way to measure it from a biofeedback standpoint say you have no lab work or you just can't afford it right now is monitoring um your sleep your energy and your cravings and you know if you're all of a sudden like because most women are are dieting so we're always trying to drop weight and so if we're in too big of a deficit um, our body will let us know because our metabolism does not care about our vanity purposes or that we're trying to, you know, drop body fat. It just cares about keeping us alive and being enough fat on us to procreate. So, um, paying attention to that, you know, if all of a sudden your hunger is just insatiable, that is an indicator that maybe the calorie deficit is too steep. And if you're very irritable and your mood has you know, worse mood swings than PMS week, that's another indicator. Um, your energy is low, your sleep sucks, like all those things. And that may take a while to really get in tune with. But when you notice those things are kind of off, 
then, you know, okay, you can pretty much assume that hormones are out of whack. So how do we remedy this? So I'm going to assume that, you know, most people are, who are listening are thinking, okay, I want to drop some weight. So I'm going to increase my exercise in the gym and I'm going to slash my calories because that's what most people do. They're told to eat less, exercise more. And that will work until it doesn't. Um, takes about four days into a steep calorie deficit until your body starts to adapt to that. And if somebody's already in, you know, that type of deficit months in, weeks in or whatever, and all of a sudden they're, they're noticing those changes, then we kind of take a step back because we want to reduce the stress on the body and exercise and dieting are both stressors. So we go into more of an eat less, exercise less mode. So we live more like Europeans where we walk every day. We weight train maybe twice a week. And naturally, you're going to be less hungry because you're not doing as much activity. So this will keep you still in a deficit, but it narrows the gap without adding body fat because we're not just not doing anything and eating, you know, stuffing our face on the couch. So a lot of the walking with the reduced stress of, you know, five plus days a week of exercise helps the metabolism kind of heal a little bit. And then once we start to feel better, we don't have those insatiable cravings. We're not having mood swings and sleep issues. Then you can ramp it up again and start killing it in the gym. But we have to make sure that we're eating enough to fuel that. And that's where a lot of people go wrong is they miscalculate how much they should be eating because they think, oh, well, you know, my my BMR um, that I calculated is like my body weight times 10. So I should only eat that. But that's really the amount of calories that you burn just being in a meat carcass of a body. So you have to take into account the amount of activity you're doing and walking around. And if you eat less than that, or even at that, that's very, very stressful on the metabolism. And it will push back against you even harder if you stay there. And again, too, it's like, you know, you stay there and say you're eating 1100 calories, which some small females end up doing, you really have nowhere to go from there. If you're already doing two hours of cardio a day and not eating a lot, what are you going to do? Eat less or exercise even more. So your body has to kind of adjust and those harsh adaptations can be remedied by just narrowing that gap a little bit and walking and picking things up maybe twice a week. But the go-to for dieting is always diet and exercise, diet and exercise, you know, whereas a lot of what people need to do is calming things and stress reduction and everything. Because I hear all the time, I can't lose anything. I'm doing all the right things. So all the right things in that person's mind is only diet and exercise, where all the right things should be, I am sleeping, I am making sure I'm eating enough, I am having orgasms, which are huge stress reducers, I am walking a lot. So all of those other things that are lifestyle components that are huge aren't being addressed. So there's a lot that goes into it, but if we can reduce the stress on our body from the exercise and dieting standpoint, then we can see a lot more success in the long run because the slower we do it, the better off we will be. Yeah. And I know I just saw um, one of your posts that you did, I think it was yesterday, maybe where you were just kind of like some of the things that with your own, with your own 
body that you've dealt with, with like trying to change your physique in the last few months or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you showed a before and after picture and you said you, you, you actually were doing more rest and eating normal. Yeah. And I know it's like ass backwards from what we're taught. And, you know, even me as a coach, I still, you know, we always think that we're like above the law for some reason and we can beat ourselves into oblivion. But this was the first time that I was not able to change. And and this took me a year. It wasn't like a, you know, three week challenge or six week challenge. It was I'm going to see how safely I can diet if I can keep my protein high, how low can I go in calories? Well, I think I got down to like, you know, when I finally tracked it, I was only eating eight or 900. And I was like, Oh, my God, you idiot, because I was trying to train really hard, four to five days a week. And what happened was I got extremely exhausted, I was relying on stimulants just to keep me functioning. And then I developed a ton of gut issues because when you're stressing your body out like that, your gut is just like, well, whatever, I'm going to let whatever bacteria in. Granted, I also had a intestinal parasite that I had, so it didn't help. But, you know, getting rid of that. And then I was like, my body's been through hell. And, and you, of course, you're skeptical of eating more and doing less, of course. But your body welcomes it so much where I'll train when I feel good. So that might be four days a week, but that might be two days a week. And right now it looks more like two days a week. And I walk every single day. And it was a struggle at first to eat a thousand calories to 1200 calories. But now I'm up to like 16, 1700 and then trying to get higher. And it takes time and patience. And I don't have patience, but it took right. a lot of patience. <laughs> and well, it, I, it's something a lot of people deal with, but it's more, okay, I have this problem, but when's the best time to transition somebody from this? And that's where that biofeedback comes in where, you know, I tried adding one more workout last week. I completely crashed and I was like, can't go there yet. Yeah. I think too, like, I, I remember I talked to you um, probably, I think it was April or May of this year after I just had com- completed my, um, we did like a 90 day challenge for our body, try to kind of see how much fat we could lose in three months. Right. And I, I lost a ton of weight very quickly. And you said, okay, now I don't know how like you feel about this, but you really, really, really need to like give your body like at least two weeks off. Mm-hmm. from what you just did to it and I was so nervous because like I it, I had just been like trying so hard to stay and maintain what I just done that I was just like if I start implementing like more calories back and I lose my deficit am I going to just like blow up and whatever well so I you know, of course, there's like a lot of water weight that comes right back immediately after you do a, like a big um, a big clean crunch time diet, something like that. Like if you're, if you're really in a deficit and you're working really, really hard and trying to do photo shoots and then you do all that and your body's like dehydrated, there's obviously going to be some like water weight swell that comes back. But I did what you said and I did like this two week of just like being normal. And then I kind of just went back to like being really moderate with what I've done and I haven't stayed as low as I did but I, 
went and checked within within probably a month and a half I went back to check my body fat and everything and I actually lost like another four or five percent body fat since the last time I went back up like six pounds but I lost more body fat because I was just training and eating like more food again Mm -hmm. and so it was like oh man okay I guess I can do this you know and it just helped me see that like my body definitely needed the break. And then by giving it that break, it is almost like a refeed. I was able to kind of get my hormones back in check and then kind of level out. Yeah. Women need more diet breaks, which would be like increasing the amount of carbohydrates, you know, for maybe two to three days than men do. And that's because of how stress reactive our body is. And that's awesome that like, I didn't know you, you did that because I feel like a lot of times I'll tell, I'll say that. And, you know, as we're talking about now, people are like terrified to do that, which I totally understand. Um, (laughs) But what happens is the body adapts so harshly to the amount of calories that you eat that it'll start operating at that level. And, and we can't let it stay there. And the mistake that, you know, some people will make is they're told to eat more. So then they eat everything and, the body's going to quickly and rapidly store body fat because it's like, oh my God, this is the only time I'm going to get the surplus. I better hang on to it. Whereas if you do um, a more delicate uh, way of adding calories and adding, you know, a little bit of calories, but also take the stress off your body from, you know, the weight training, eating less, exercising less, you know, you're still going to actually be eating more at what we call like maintenance calories, which is higher than a lot of people do for dieting. And your body all of a sudden will be like, okay, you know, I can start ramping it up. And what the diet breaks do is increase the metabolism because carbs um, are very much favored for the thyroid gland, which is the master of metabolism. And that kind of keeps your body in check. And so, you know, if you've been dieting, let's say, three, four weeks, maybe take a day where you've got more carbs than normal. And then, you know, you might need two days, but you'll start to feel like the difference. You'll feel stronger, you'll feel better, you'll feel less moodier and all that. So, you know, it's obviously a very individual thing and where somebody is and what they're dealing with. But it's one of the most basic things to do, which is not stay in a deep deficit for so long, toggle back and forth eat less and exercise a little less and then eat some more exercise more just like the athletes do because we want to look like athletes we want to train like athletes but we don't want to eat like an athlete and an athlete eats enough so um in one of my powerpoints i have a picture of michael phelps and i'm like do you think he dieted his way through the olympic training no (laughs) you know he would he would die and he he eats what yeah ten ten thousand calories a day when (laughs) i mean it's crazy but you know if you add more carbs, yes, you're going to feel like you gain weight right away because that's just water weight, but then your body will take an adjustment to it. Okay. Well, so as we, as we wrap up here, I just wondered if you could maybe give us for hormone health, your top three things to avoid and your top three things to do. Top three things to avoid would be, um, Plastic, so I would switch everything that you store your food in into glass, Um, birth control pills, if you can, and IUDs that are uh, hormone-driven, and then excessive alcohol, 
because that will totally mess with everything. And then it was top three things to do to create a really healthy hormone balance. Sleep. Number two would be sleep. (laughs) The number one and number two. If I give more things to do than that, it's too many because not enough people focus on their sleep. And how do you sleep better? Honestly, you can buy these really nerdy looking blue light filter glasses. So when you go to sleep and you're scrolling on Facebook, you have glasses that filter out the highly stimulatory light that keeps your body from getting into deep sleep. And it actually does mess with your hormones. It decreases melatonin and all that, which is actually a hormone. So blue light glasses, you can get them on Amazon. Um, They're really cool. Nobody sees you. You're in bed. So (laughs) yeah. Well, that's so awesome. And I wanted to, I don't know if you, you know, could give people, I don't know if there's a way that they could reach out to you. If you just want to give them your Instagram, I know people are probably going to have questions. And if there's a best way, if you do consults, kind of how they can find you, what would, what would be the best way? Um, I just changed my Instagram. So I think it's underscore Allie dot Gilbert because every other Allie Gilbert was taken. And I think it's the same for Twitter. Um, it's Allie Gilbert on Facebook, ALI Gilbert. And I do do a lot of online consults. They're $150 for an hour. So they can, you know, message me on any of those or just email me at Allie at metabolicgolf.com. Awesome. And if somebody wanted to do like a full test, is there a way that they can like get in and see and send you blood work or should they go see their own doctor, get blood work and send you results once they, they book you for a consult? How does that work? Um, it can work if so, if they're able to get tests from their GP, awesome. I can let them know which tests to get. Um, otherwise there's places that you can order them online. It does depend what state you're on. Some are in some states don't allow certain tests to be on an individual basis, we can handle that for sure. Okay, awesome. I'll put all the links to your um, social media and everything in this as well. I'm sure a lot of people will reach out just because I know once we first talked and I got a hold of just, I know you do like your main speech is you work with a lot of um, veterans and, and businessmen and athletes who are trying to optimize their testosterone and hormone health for performance. But I know you you also know work with women, women and you're a woman, so you know exactly what it is you're talking about in that arena too. And I'm sure whenever I post like photos and, and videos and stuff for th- for this uh, podcast, people will see like you're in peak, like phenomenal shape and you have been <laughs> your whole life. And so it's not something you just like came across. It's not a fluke. You're definitely like a professional in this arena and they can reach out to you and it will really, really optimize your life if your hormones are in check everyone who's listening yes because i know it, it the biggest thing is it's confusing even trainers who message me they're like i don't even know, like i don't know what to say i don't know what to believe sometimes i get lost i mean even a lot of you know a lot of women want to do keto and keto is hot right now and they'll end up doing it wrong and then all of a sudden they're constipated and they feel like shit so <laughs> And they're fat. Yes. <laughs> my yes. I did keto for a month because I wanted to see the results on my body. And I don't know if I'm just super susceptible to or sensitive to fat, but I 
like have never really had a big issue with cellulite. Like my whole life, I've never really like, it's not something that just attaches itself to me every once in a while. If I get like heavy for me, I'll see some, but like I did keto for a month and it looked like I got beat with a stick. Like I had, <laughs> And I'm like, what the hell? And literally it took me one month to clean my diet back up and pull all the excess fat and it went away. But it just blew my mind because I didn't know that my body even really had the capability to go that direction with just high amounts of copious amounts of fat as energy. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Anyways, I I I tried it too. I tried it. I felt like I felt awful. Some women do very well on it, but you know, again everything is individual so you know don't do keto and if you feel awful don't continue on it because of what it says to do you can go lower carb but true keto is very hard and hard to sustain definitely and it's like you people don't quite grasp like I know a lot of people that'll do keto but they're actually doing paleo And it's like, you're not going to get in ketosis if you're doing paleo, like that's not going to happen. Yeah. And if you're doing CrossFit, absolutely 100% do not do keto because CrossFit (laughs) requires carbohydrates and your body will feel like crap if it hasn't already. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for, for taking the time out for me. I know that it's, you're very busy. And um, I'll put all the links so people can reach you and just let me know if there's anything else that we can touch base with about again. Awesome, Allie. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. You too. Everyone's looking at you. Everyone's waiting for you.